It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield. We hope she enjoys her time away from the station. But in the meantime, glad to talk the markets with you because I get to talk to Alan Brugler, Brugler Marketing and Management. And Alan, excited to talk with you today. Really, today's kind of been the culmination, the big buildup, where these markets have been anticipating, jockeying for position ahead of it. Now we finally have the data, the information, so let's dive into it. And really, that comes down to the FOMC and the Fed. Uh, interest rates up another quarter of a percent. Fed fund rates now five to five and a quarter of a percent. While we may not think of that on the initial reaction, that that's got a lot to do with commodities, interest rates and app operating capital throughout the industry. So what's your take here with the Fed and some of that language change they had? Are they actually going to be dovish, or is this just simply trying to calm the market? I, th- I think they're trying to calm the market more than anything else. They they did uh, tweak the language. Fed speak is, is, is uh, quite an art, you know, and they the uh, the rate hike was pretty much expected. I think the the odds were were eighty some percent that they would raise it uh, twenty five basis points. Uh, we did notice that the, uh, the you can you can derive odds of another rate hike from the Fed uh, funds trading. They're they're basically betting eighty eight percent that there would be a pause in the June meeting that they wouldn't raise it in June. So. Uh, you know that that's going from uh, foot on the accelerator to neutral. This uh, this is still the, the steepest uh, series of rate hikes they've ever done, and uh, they, they think they need to. Uh, the the language clearly says they're still worried about inflation. Uh, there's uh, they, they pointed out that the job growth is still pretty high, unemployment is still fairly low, and uh, I think uh, while I didn't see it in the statement, it may be in there that uh, the service sector is still seeing. Uh, fairly steep inflation. The, the goods the goods side is down, but services is where the wages are. It's very, and again, where yeah, it, do we want to break the labor market? Can we kind of stagnate wage inflation to try and back off general consumer inflation? Going to be key questions we answer going forward. From a money management perspective, though, we saw in 20, well, during the pandemic, we saw a money management shift into commodities. Well, if inflation bottlenecks are happening, we want to be long commodities. We want to be in part of this market if it's going to have a run up. But now if the Fed is starting to think, well, maybe a little more easy money here in the coming year or 18 months, is there a, a significant concern? Has it already happened, a shift out of commodities back into more traditional risk assets such as currencies, equities, and that sort of direction? Well, we're definitely seeing some money going back towards uh, cash side of things. Uh, CD rates are, are around 5% commercially. You know, it depends on your local bank, of course, but uh, you can get five, five and a quarter, various places. So the point is that's that's a relatively risk-free return compared to the stock market or commodities, and uh, people have been Underweighting that part of their of their assets because yields were low. Now you can uh, feel like, hey, I should have some of my money in that in that arena. Uh, it's still probably a little early to go heavy on bonds. Uh, those tend to uh, take a hit if interest rates are still going up. You want to get get on that side of the curve when the rates are stable or starting to go down. But I think they're you're definitely seeing some shift away from the the, the, the commodities and and to a degree the stock market here. Uh, that said, stock markets had a nice run-up since last fall, and that's also pulling money away from commodities. Uh, the, the, the money normally trades on the stock side. It diversified into commodities, and now it's kind of flowing back towards the equities again. 
When it comes to the grain complex, so as a whole, when you study it from a supply and demand perspective, uh, coming out today as well, we get a first glimpse at some early analyst estimates now on the corn crop side of Brazil. We know they're bringing that monster soybean crop out. Now, Stonex is saying 131 million metric tons over on the corn side. Talking with some other analysts with boots on the ground in South America, it sounds like uh, analytically maybe we're in the right direction there. Uh, What about from that side? Does that seem to really put a top? here on this market, or is there still more to come? Well, it makes it difficult to be bullish on new crop corn because you you just know there's this big uh, wall of corn coming in July and August. It it actually makes it hard to be bullish on old crop because you you assume that uh, exports out of the U.S. in in August would be pretty light under that scenario. Um, You know, you look at the greenness maps and they're saying that the crop is in, in Brazil's in pretty good condition in Mato Grosso, Goiás, uh, Bahia, uh, maybe a little on the dry side further south where there's less less second crop acreage. But uh, yeah, the, 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 the Stonex number is pretty aggressive to the upside. But again, we think that uh, uh, the, the market has no, no reason to build in risk premium relative to Brazil right now. Given your position in the market, do you see some of these new crop corn prices that are coming out, uh, especially with this downward tra- tra- trajectory, are there end users trying to secure up some of those new crop supplies, ethanol plants, feedlots, some of those sort of end users, uh, just in case we continue to see drought here in the U.S. and a possible run-up of those new prices later on in the summer? I'm not seeing a whole lot of interest in doing that. Uh, if you look at the uh, commitment of traders' uh, data, you see that uh, the, actually commercial participation overall is pretty light. Both they don't own very much corn, and they're not uh, really extending coverage that aggressively for a new crop. Uh, obviously, the, I know some of the advisors uh, to the commercial sector are starting to recommend that they ramp up coverage. Uh, simply because we're down quite a bit from where we were. But uh, short crops have long tails. We know that uh, if if the U.S. crop is good and the Brazilian crop is good, that, that we're going to continue to see pressure on these markets as they go back towards long-term average prices. So, uh, you know, you're going to see a little bit of a, of a coverage. I think there is a risk or a rush to get some some uh, uh, basis coverage for old crop. All right, there's definitely concern about running out of corn here in, in July and August in the, in the Western Corn Belt. That again is Alan Brugler, Brugler Marketing and Management. Don't go anywhere, though. This is just segment one. We still have a lot to talk about. We're going to look at those weather patterns here in the U.S. Plus, we're going to take a peek over into that cattle side, some early cash trade here. Is it all that positive for the market? We'll have more coming up on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Welcome to the Fontenelle feature. I'm Joe Gangwish, FSR with Fontenelle Hybrids. We're going to visit with Bob Wiseman. He's a Fontenelle Hybrids dealer in the Hershey, Nebraska area. So, Bob, tell us what you enjoy most about working with Fontenelle Hybrids. I would say it's the relationships that we've built with our FSRs and agronomy guys. Just the knowledge that's out there and any questions, people are readily available to answer and and help you out. And being a dealer for Fontenelle, what's been the most rewarding aspect for you? Finding the products that fit a producer's needs and watching them succeed. And what makes Fontenelle stand out among other local seed brands? I would say it's probably our large selection of quality hybrids to fit all maturities and then the abundance of varieties with and without traits to fit everybody's needs. For more about us, you can visit Bob Wiseman there in the Hershey area, any of our Fontenelle dealers across the state of Nebraska, or go to Fontenelle.com.
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton back with you as we're talking the market for midweek on a Wednesday with Alan Brugler, Brugler Marketing and Management. Of course, our first segment focusing a lot on the macro market activity here today, the Fed raising interest rates and its uh, parallels back over into the commodity complex. Uh, but Alan, as we kick off segment two here, I'd like to focus on more true fundamentals, and that's this U.S. weather pattern. A lot of guys still wanting to be hopeful on El Nino being a little more liquid here in the near term, but still a lot of aggressive drought in the southern plains creeping further north. Uh, what's your take and what's your thoughts here on this extended forecast? Well, uh, our number one rule in weather is you can get any weather forecast you want to pay for. There's always uh, somebody that'll they'll tell you the opposite of what the other guy's telling you. But uh, we do believe that El Nino is is going to kick in this summer. That's that seems to be kind of consensus now. Uh, the the problem is, of course, it's not very uh, consistent in terms of where your your wet or dry areas would be across the country. The correlations are not that strong. Uh, the the bias would be that the southern plains still stays on the dry side. It probably gets some more some more rain because the air circulation is going to change. But uh, you know we're starting out with a pretty good deficit there. Now in Nebraska, where you've got uh, roughly two thirds of the crop irrigated, uh, that's that's a little different impact than than it is in a more conventional dryland state, uh, where it would really I think hurt would be if that. You end up with a drought pocket in Ohio and Indiana or someplace like that where they don't have much irrigation. But bottom line, uh, we're still watching the, the planting delays in the northern half of the Corn Belt. It's still pretty wet up there. The snow's coming off, but the water levels are still pretty high. Uh, but seeing excellent progress across Missouri, southern Illinois, Indiana, and uh, you know parts of, parts of Iowa as well. So uh, getting, getting a good head start on the planting. As we alluded to coming out of segment one, I also want to talk with you in this segment with uh, the livestock trade. And we are seeing cash cattle start to pick up and get moving here this week. But it looks like it's about several dollars softer than it was last week overall. Uh, choice cutout still holding strong at 310. But have we put the highs into this cattle market? Uh, we may have done that for the time being. We, we hit some some fairly substantial resistance on the June chart up around 166. That uh, was a Fibonacci expansion count. We were overbought there. The momentum indicators have, have kind of backed off. The uh, the market did find pretty good support at the 40-day moving average today. That was 161.17. Obviously, the June board is at a big discount to cash. Southern cash trade in 172 today. Uh, so it's anticipating seasonal weakness into into uh, that June period and maybe even July period. Uh, long term, we're still very bullish on cattle because of the, where we are in the cattle cycle. And you know, we know we'll have declining uh, steer numbers and declining supply coming out of the feedlots. But the market can get ahead of itself, and I, we think probably has done so here. And you're going to see a little little profit taking. With uh, the choice cutout holding there at 300, is there still any concern here from the consumer perspective that we're we're going to start topping out and what the consumer is willing to give at the meat counter? Oh, that's definitely the case, uh, and uh, the Fed raising rates isn't helping us any there, right? So they're they're still trying to tighten the screws, and and uh, you know that may not directly impact an individual consumer, but. Uh, the inflation that the Fed's trying to fight certainly does. And one one thing that's kind of uh, unusual, though, is uh, the the wholesale prices are different than the retail prices. All right, you, you see a a much bigger premium, a bigger markup, if you will, on the pork side at retail right now 
they're charging a lot more relative to what the what the underlying wholesale price is. Whereas in beef, they're trying to minimize the damage. Uh, it's still very expensive compared to pork and chicken, but uh, they they're actually uh, trying to keep the product moving at the retail end. So there's a lot of products still moving around here. And you look over into the lean hog side of it. This is one where it seems like we have a lot of day trade where those hogs will start into the positive. But before the uh, close comes in, they are right back into the negative. What seems to be the, the biggest anchor here for the hogs and just not letting them be able to really take and run with any of those gains? Well, I, I think the big problem is just a lack of liquidity. You, you, uh, that's a somewhat uh, – when you see these uh, 8 and 10 and $12 uh, directional moves in hogs, down, then up, then down, uh, that, that suggests that there's not a lot of liquidity, that once one side is trying to get out, there's not much to stand in the way going the other way. Uh, and now we're, we're, we're trying to find a bottom here. Seasonally, we should be finding a bottom. Uh, slaughter's going to slow down as we go into – into May, June, July, like it almost always does, uh, and that's normally supportive. But again, you, the funds are short, and uh, if they all decided to leave at once, we'd, we'd probably get a $10 rally, but uh, they don't have the, the incentive to do that because of the questions about the, the retail demand, I think. Again, we're talking with Alan Brugler, Brugler Marketing and Management. He joins us today on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Thank you to Fontenelle Hybrids for their continuing support here at this program. Of course, do remember, trade futures and options involve risk of loss may not be suitable for all investors. Do consider these risks before investing. If you want to listen to Alan's comments again here on the Fontenelle Final Bell, catch it each and every afternoon as a podcast when you check it out at RuralRadioNetwork.com. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell.